Comedy Game Design Podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is Ben Slinger. Hello, hello, and it is the season. No, not the holiday season, it's the global game jam season. Uh, yay. yay! This is uh, something that Trevor and I have been doing for the last couple of years, which is participating in the global game jam, which happens at the end of January. Uh, and we thought that this week, since it will come out uh, the week of the game jam just before it, we will look at last year's uh, theme and work off that for the whole episode. Until we have a lot of issues and then we'll go for some earlier versions. Well, yeah, well, yeah that's fair. If we, what if we decide that uh, it's not working out, we'll, we'll maybe go back to uh, some of the earlier themes as well. But we're, gonna, we're still going to use our random word generator uh, and we're just going to uh, combine them with the theme as well. Mm-hmm. So, shall we get started? Yes, we should. So the theme, so the theme for last Global Game Jam was what home means to you. And if you mm-hmm. want to see what we did with this theme, go back to approximately a year ago, and you'll find our bonus episode where we talked about uh, our experience at Global Game Jam 2019, uh, where we where we made a game based on this theme. But Today, we're going to jam it into some other words. So, three, two, one, click. Freighter. Textbook. Okay. So, as as happens when we improv and this sort of thing, a number of things went through my head as soon as Freighter came up when trying to mix it with home or what home means to you. Uh, I went to like a, like a space freighter, like maybe a long distance... Um, space you know space uh, journey yep uh, and so like maybe it's a maybe with textbooks it's like a school kid or something like someone who's grown up on this on this freighter i was thinking along the lines of john kane's killing time at light speed in that you've got a parent on a space freighter mm-hmm. who's you know sort of got got some time free it's not quite at light speed so the the um time difference isn't that bad sort of like every day is sort of like a week i'm thinking in in like the real world okay. and so the parent is like helping helping their kid on the on their weekend but it's basically their whole weekend is like an hour of this guy's time or whatever it is so who do you play the person on the ship or on the po- yeah okay so you're the parent you're the parent okay and your hour is your kid's whole weekend is that what you're saying or, or you know, your hour to help help your kid is basically the thing that you're looking forward to the most, but it also takes up a lot of the kid's time. Oh, I see. Okay. When they're getting the help from their parent, like, you know, they, they can't just sit down and do the homework the whole time because that'd be the whole weekend gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, because how does the communication- I know I haven't played Killing Time at Lightspeed because it's only on, on iOS, uh, I believe. But um, no, it's on piece. It's on oh, Steam it? as well. Oh, okay. That's where it came from originally, I think. Uh, is it going to be a similar text-based thing? Then is that what you're you're thinking? Because I, I mean, that's um, kind of almost the way it has to work. Unless you're like, unless it's like a narrative thing where you're kind of sending video messages back and forth. Because if your time scales are that different, then you kind of can't really do any real time stuff, right? Or maybe you are sending like video messages back and forward between the two of you. For you it comes back rather quickly. Yeah. But it's like hours. But obviously hours for later them for- it's, it's taking yeah. yeah. But it's it's sort of like, you know, then you gotta sort of help do the problem and or come up with something to, to help the kid. So it's basically like a puzzle game in that sense then? Sort of like a puzzle game, but you're also getting a little bit of narrative stuff happening. Yeah. And right. I just I sort of see this as as like a long haul yeah, thing, well, that's what I was. Mum's really missing thinking, her kid, and but I was, and, I, but still having to do work. So and, the way I was going, because the only thing with like I like that idea in general, and obviously I, I love that idea in in John's game. Uh, it feels a bit limiting to what you can do then narratively, though. Yeah, uh, if we're sort of opening the scope up. So my my thought was more of a just a general narrative on board this ship, and you know you mm-hmm. you're going to get a bit of a. The kind of low-key Star Trekky stuff where it's just people going about their business. Uh, you've got families on board. You are, yeah, you're just like a teenager studying. Like, this is one of the things. During an alien attack. <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, I don't know how. If this is about, I don't know, if this is about what home means to you, maybe it's more of a, an introspective thing about this person. Like, you know, because they're heading to a new home world, right? 
That's the idea. Yep. It's something like that. They're like, they're a colony ship, a colony freighter, uh, which yep. doesn't make sense because freighter, I think, is like hauling freight generally. But anyway, <laughs> let's just take the general idea. And, and so you could do some really interesting stuff with them. Like maybe they left home at like six years old. It's been 10 years and they're not going to get to this place until they're like 37. You know, it's, oh, it's like their, their whole half of their life is on board this ship looking forward to their life kind of beginning in this new place, you know, they'll probably have kids by the time they get there and that sort of thing. It's actually going to be about their kids establishing a home there and that sort of thing. Um, so, I feel like there's some really interesting narrative stuff you could do there and just have it play out. I mean, at least initially, and we tend to do this a lot because we enjoy making games out of the generally mundane, but, you know, going to your class and learning a bit about the history of, of why you're doing this uh and 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 just bringing in some different characters and and maybe you do mm-hmm. it as a as like across this person's life right like different yeah. moment come in at different moments and and play a bit and, and see what's changed maybe you actually see like the the parent you know go through you know a bit of a new job role and then uh something happens and they get promoted and and sort of like start have getting less and less time to spend with their kid like on the ship, on the yeah, ship. yeah, yeah. I could see that. I mean, you could even come. You could even have some tragic stuff, like maybe one of the parents dies, or both of them, or I don't know. Or maybe one of the parents was was actually left behind, or is on is on you know like a a different ship or something, or a ship in front. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe you're the second wave, and they they were the fir- like they were on the first wave because they were like one of the designers or something. Yeah. So you can communicate with them, but again, you know, and you could have the delayed communication both to them and back to Earth, but just as one aspect of of yep. the gameplay, right? And again, that could be really interesting because if you're coming in at this person's life at different points, then you're also seeing them coming into basically these other people's lives at different points because of the time dilation. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so if they're talking to friends back on Earth, like they've aged five years and their friends have aged 20 or whatever, where, you know, however it works. Um, yeah, oh, God. And, and just that seeing just all that. Suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think there's some really cool narrative stuff there you could do and, and some really Definitely. sort of poignant scenes around home and family and growing up. Mm, cool. That's really cool. Like Let's click again. Yeah. Foundry. Browsing. <laughs> and what home means to you. What home means to you. Browsing Foundry. So, browsing, I was sort of thinking internet, homepage. Oh, okay. Okay. Maybe, okay. Maybe this is one of those games where it's kind of like all happening on your computer screen, like on a virtual yep. computer screen. Maybe you are on a message board called The Foundry. Yep. Yep. I like this. Uh, what is this message board about? Is this the fan board for some uh, some fictional TV show or something or video game series maybe? Is the Foundry the name of the show? Yeah, I think I think yeah, the Foundry is the name of the show. I know why, but my my head has sort of just gone into a way that it's like it's a reality show based on like metalwork. <laughs> well, I mean that I was actually I had a glimmering of that too because I was trying to think what would a show called the Foundry be, and if it's literally in a Foundry, like either it's some sort of real dramatic <laughs> character drama, <laughs> or yeah, it's somehow reality TV. <laughs> or and and you know we can choose to say yay or nay to this but it's it's like one of those reality tv shows based at like a gay club called the foundry <laughs> you're just basing on that simpsons episode um <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that the anvil or something, something like that, like that. <laughs> i know i just i just thought you know that's that's just a perfect thing. I mean, really, like, we don't need to say what the foundry is, just that- um, It's true, actually. It could be- kind of like a- It could be interesting that you you log onto these message boards and there's you just start meeting these different kind of- uh, uh, these different characters through them messaging you and you can check, like, your thread updates. Uh, it's yeah, a bit of a- kind of like, bit of a- um, Emily was away. Uh, Emily's away sort of deal. And and kind of like, you know, you used to hang around the social entropy plus yeah, plus yeah, on that's very much what Penny I'm thinking. Arcade, Penny so Arcade I can- forms, yeah. Uh and and yeah, I think you sort of start getting a glimmering of what this show even is just through the discussions, but a lot of it is just 
you also start finding out about these people's lives and your own character, like your own character. Yeah. Uh, based on, you know, you can scroll through some of the history of the chats and, and different things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I see this as a rather, again, an introspective sort of, sort of game where you're sort of almost learning more about the character as well based on past comments that they've put up and. Oh, I think so. Yeah. yeah I think it's. Look, and it, I think it would take a lot from Emily as a way where, where yeah, you're just getting these glimpses through these conversations. But I think you said it, you know, while that was set in sort of the mid-90s, I guess, mid to late 90s, this is like a decade late. This is like the late 2000s. And maybe your character's different. Maybe you're not, you're not a teenager. Maybe you're, a you know, like a 35-year-old. You know, there's a lot of- Okay, you're a 35 year old who works for the NSA. Has <laughs> logged onto this. Has logged onto this computer. That is just <laughs> okay. I love this idea because I like the idea of if you're going in cold, and yeah, you're starting to learn all this stuff about your character and all the other characters, and then like 20 minutes in, you get like an alert come up and or like a, a, a special private message and you click on it and it's like, Agent Johnson, how's it going? Like, is your cover <laughs> intact? And you realize that all this stuff you've been learning about yourself is just a cover. <laughs> yes, I like that a lot, actually. Well, and particularly, okay, this is interesting because this brings a bit more drama into it and takes it a bit more away from just that introspective sort of thing. Um, although yep. obviously you'd still have you'd still have that in there too. And maybe Agent Johnson, you know, learns a bit about themselves through this whole process. But I like the idea that there are a few characters that you do get these, like, creepy vibes from and you're not really quite sure what's going on there. And so then when this alert comes up and it's like, you know, the intel we have is that the whatever member of someone is here recruiting, recruiting for a terrorist, you know, anti whatever terrorist cell. Um, and, and we need you to track them down and, you know, make your report. Yep. And maybe you have to literally like fill out some details of things you've learned. You just have to remember that Jojo 87 XX is, is probably <laughs> from Tennessee because of something you, that, you know, you chatted about. <laughs> because he keeps on typing in y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to base it on, on like colloquialisms and stuff. <laughs> she was hornier than a Tennessee rabbit in the sun. It's like okay, uh, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got to remember that. And put that surprisingly, in surprisingly, no, that was Florida. <laughs> yeah, Floridians uh, famously, yeah, you know, hot for Tennessee. And uh, I just, I, I don't know why my brain just went straight to NSA agent, but I'm just like, no, I like it. I think that's a great twist on that, and I love the idea of of revealing it. On the character, on the on the player, especially as they're they're getting uh they're getting a hang you, of you their own like character. A- <laughs> you see an old school ICQ message come up, and <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I like the idea that because I'm picturing this this is like Windows ninety eight or no, no, no. I, li- like I like that, the idea like- that uh, that it's 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 more modern than that. It's like Windows seven. It's like two thousand and nine, but for some reason the NSA is still using ICQ. <laughs> <laughs> so all your all your messages are through like oh, these shit old versions. And maybe it's just because I mean, for one, it's a government agency. It's been out it of takes funding forever. for a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. You 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 thank your lucky stars. You're not still using IE six um, to to browse these things. Like you can make it. But you can make an offhand comment every now and again. You get to close down the remote desktop, and it is just like uh, uh, Windows ninety eight yeah. SE or Millennium Edition. Or yeah, you've got like a virtual that. machine running somehow on. A Windows Millennium PC. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. But it's the NSA, whatever. <laughs> it's all this bureaucratic red tape bullshit where, yeah, they all of their all of their protections were done for Windows ME running IE6 and they don't have the budget to up- upgrade them. So it's you have to go through all these hoops to you've actually got this like super powerful supercomputer that's running Windows ME but virtualizing Windows 7. <laughs> 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 it's got quantum computing and all this sort of stuff, but it's still running Millennium yeah. Edition. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, the policies, they can't change the policies. Because no one else actually uses it. It's actually the most secure Windows because everyone- Well, exactly. <laughs> everyone and it's it. just like it got all its patches, right? They can't go with the latest technology because they have to, they have to stick with the one that they know is secure. 
Oh Jesus Not Christ! Not the wisdom he's secure in the slightest. Um, okay, so the the end of the game. I'm, I'm picturing that again. This couldn't be done at a game jam because you've got a lot of uh, what's it called? Just like content, text to be writing, and story, and all that sort of stuff. And oh uh, yeah, it depends. If you had a dedicated writer who was good at that sort of stuff, maybe because then you just maybe. have to get the systems in place for for getting it all up on the yep. screen. But yeah, generally, I think you you need a bit more work. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'm wondering. Uh, just just to jump jump into a little bit of uh, game jam sort of thoughts. Yeah, what would your your background sound be? Would it be like the air around you sort of thing? Like, um, so you're singing like the ambient noise, ambient sound. Yeah, yeah. So, are you actually hearing the ambient noise? Like, hearing like a chair creaking every now and again? And yeah, that could be. And like, that could be. Maybe it's like a like a fan that's like swinging back and forth. So that's sort of just going up and down, like getting louder and quieter as it swings towards you in a way. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea of recording some, some nice ambient. Yeah, desk sounds. I, like that. I know. I just when when I'm in um, global game jam mood, I think of the the game that we did two years ago, Boom. Yes, uh, where we had that ambient noise and how much it brought it to life. Oh yeah, yeah. And look, I I liked what we did with that because of the the on screen stuff as well. That almost applies to this. Uh, and actually, I think when we do the game jam next week, uh, just because I've been playing some games that have done this sort of thing, but I like the idea of a relatively high fidelity background, but just then a, a still like you're playing on a screen and that's where the game is, but yeah. you're like, you've got this background stuff that's like nice and high res, um, like high poly 3D stuff. Yep. Me like it. Yeah. Okay. Three to one. Yeah. Ceiling. Minstrel. And that's ceiling, S-E-A-L-I-N-G. Minstrel. And we're we're not going- minstrel, I'm thinking traveling. Yeah, we're going like medieval minstrel, not like blackface. (laughs) Just- uh, I was never going that way. But I'm just just, just going through the- uh, Looking at the definition and- there's some pretty horrible stuff around minstrel shows, but no, we will go for just a like a bard, like a minstrel. I think in sort of a medieval context. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so this traveling minstrel is a witness to the sealing of an envelope in which the king has provided to this traveling band of minstrels to get this get this letter to a neighboring kingdom. Okay, is. He's given given it to these minstrels because it's like super important that it doesn't get um, intercepted, and it would be rather inconspicuous for a traveling group of, of right. musicians. All right, so here's here's a thought that that popped into my head. Uh, yep. I, I like that idea that you are a band of traveling minstrels. I'm thinking you're you're mm-hmm. part of like a big traveling caravan, like a big group of people. Um, yep, traveling across the country. And yeah, one of your tasks, or maybe it's a, like a secret task, is yeah that you've been given this envelope. But I'm picturing like almost an Oregon Trail sort of thing, where you start off, you've got all these different caravans, and you've got your your minstrels, and you've got just your, your sort of uh, families that are coming along. You've got your guards um, who are who are bringing the whole thing on, where you've got uh, sort of big caravan things that are that are bringing uh, goods. And this sort of thing. Um, so you mm-hmm. kind of this, this, just this big traveling band of people going, taking this big trip from one town to the other. And cause yeah, then I'm thinking, okay, as a minstrel, maybe you can make choices every day of, you know, the different songs you can play and stuff can maybe like buff or change things or change the attributes of people, uh, that are part of this caravan. Uh, mm-hmm. And so maybe that means they like get more food that day, or they're you know just generally affecting morale. I'm sort of so I'm, I, I guess I'm thinking of it as a bit of like a roguelike, tra- like traveling sort of thing. Did you ever play um, Death Road to Canada? No, I haven't. Okay, that's a that's a, that's a zombie based one where it's sort of you've got these little bits interspersed where you do some action zombie killing, and in between you you basically make decisions about your resources and the people you bring on board mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. I don't know. What do you think? Is is, is anything? Um, Grabbing you there, yeah. I, I do like it. I I didn't hear enough about dysentery. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's. I think it'd be the plague or something, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> at the very start, your character gets bitten by a rat. Yeah. 
<laughs> or the but you could deal with that sort of thing. You could deal with that sort of thing. Like, that you have to quarantine people and stuff. Like, you could have medical stuff. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, I guess it's basically just sort of a medieval Oregon Trail. Yep. Uh, medieval Oregon Trail, but I like the idea that there may be a spy amongst you as well. Yeah, I think you could bring in some interesting events like that. Uh, yeah. And and maybe, again, going down the roguelike uh, direction, perhaps those things are somewhat procedurally generated or chosen randomly. So, yeah, maybe you've got, like, a mission each each go, mm-hmm. each run, and one of them might be deliver the message for the king, the sealed envelope for the king. One of them might be, you know, escort a VIP, like the it's the prince or something. I'm, I'm so seeing this, like, um, remember that, uh, VR game that we've got from other sons that you sort of start in a place and then you can sort of choose the the route that you yeah. go yeah. Um, yeah. to get to get to your destination. Yeah. So I'm seeing it almost like that that you can choose the different forks to go down. They all sort of end up in the same position. Yeah, or a bit of an FTL, um, of you know, sort of thing yeah. as well, where you've just you've got your destination. You can take different paths to get there. And yeah, like maybe that's the thing. Maybe one of the songs you can sing means that you you can see something about the next um, options of where you can go, right? So, you know yep. that if you go this way, there's probably going to be bandits, or if you go this way, there's going to be a town there where you can trade. Yep. What, I'm, <laughs> what I've just seen, the second that you said, one of the songs that you play, and I'm like, okay, so you've got Guitar Hero elements. Um, for, <laughs> yeah. Like, very simple Guitar Hero elements. Like, it doesn't have to be full-on, you know, need to get the plastic instrument out, but more- in order to get better money, you know, you, you're sort of uh, pressing the buttons in sequence and all that well, sort of stuff, and you've got different you said, um, different songs that you've got that you can sort of be talking about. Yeah. Well, j- just because you said the magic words VR, it made me think, and because, uh, as I said off air, I've been playing uh, the game Moss uh, on in VR, which is, is interesting. When did I say the magic words VR? <laughs> you said the, you were talking about From Other Sons. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually kind of like the idea of having that sort of above, like that very playset kind of kind of vision of this whole caravan of of different vehicles and and people where you're sort of viewing it from above and you can kind of look around and you can see where they're going, you see where they came from. But then I'm just I'm just thinking about the rhythm elements. Like you could have some actual like uh, better rhythmic interactions where you with hand tracking and stuff, um, mm-hmm. whether it's sort of like. Having to, um, you know, follow a line as it as it moves across, or you know, Beat Saberish style stuff, or whatever. <laughs> I'm just imagining this minstrel, and to to everyone else watching, is he's just flailing his arms around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that idea of um, of, of you know, when you you select a minstrel to play a song. And that character just starts tracking your hands directly, and then mm-hmm. sort of overlaid on that is is your your little mini game. But the whole time, yeah, you can see that minstrel just tracking you directly in VR, and everyone's like crowding around and clapping and stuff. <laughs> but it's, yep. it's just going to look like you're just flailing in space. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it a lot. Let's three, two, one, click it. Yeah. Oh, this is relatively uh, apt. Bedspread. It. It. And IT. And what home means to you. Um so okay, is so- this Stephen <laughs> King's I was gonna say, so it's pennywise, yeah. but it's the uh, part of the twenty seven years in between. And it is just, <laughs> it's just um, it's just like the Sims. It's Pennywise yeah, in his uh- house. <laughs> In the sewers. <laughs> in the sewers, uh, getting his nest set up. Um. <laughs> um, uh, that's really funny. I I like the idea. Maybe we, instead of going directly to Pennywise and, and that specific lore, maybe we take it as inspiration and do something in the horror kind of genre. Okay. Yep. Uh, and then And then think about how- Again, like, is it a Sims-style thing? Like, how do you bring horror into a, like, home-building game or, like, a a, a, a home simulator, you know, a person simulator? When we say um, bedspread, when we say it, um, when we say what home means to you, I sort of have a, have a feeling that it's, it's like this kid um, who's scared of the thing that lives under his bed. 
Ah, I like it. Yep. But you play the thing under the <laughs> Cool. Okay. So are there- So- okay. Talk, yeah, keep talking. What's the- What- yep. uh, Did you have any gameplay stuff in mind? Yeah, so I'm thinking kind of along the lines of the Monsters, Inc. sort of thing. You know, you're not there to, to hurt the kid, but you're there to just keep the kid honest and therefore scare the bejesus out of it are without you, actual- Is it- Is this a world where Monsters Under the Bed are employees of the kid's parents? <laughs> 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 like they're, <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> they're literally there to scare yeah to to scare the kid if he's done things wrong uh and and then you wake up in the morning it's like the parents slip you a 20 <laughs> they slip a 20 under the bed <laughs> you go back into your little you know through your little monster portal well, I'm thinking that the portal is behind the wardrobe. You know, you sort of open the wardrobe. Okay. Like, you like move the wardrobe out and you slip in behind yep. it into the portal um, and come back out the next night. Uh, just before, like, the the code word for, for this kid is, okay, have you brushed your teeth? And it's like, okay, time to get to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe so. Is this, do you do you play this monster even, like, during the day then? Do you have, like, a little- like, is that where the life sim aspect comes into it, where you get to, like, make choices about how this monster lives, and then at night time, you've got choices about, like, the then you do, then go to work. You get a little alert. Yeah. It's like, oh, the code word was said, like, the portal's open, time to get to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just imagining that the sort of things that, um, you know, you can be doing is uh, maybe you can have a little bit of setup time in, in which you can- Move some things on a chair to get a better looking shadow on the wall that, mm-hmm. that can really scare the bejesus out of a kid. And, um, you know, you can sharpen your fingernails so you can, you know, s- scratch those nails down the chalkboard, uh, to, to really make that, that nasty sound. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I-, I think it's more of like an impy sort of thing that you, you're sort of, playing around and and making scares that way rather than you know rocking the bed or anything yeah. like that you're you're sort of moving things around okay i'm trying to i'm trying to narrow this down into how the actual gameplay would work so is there is this a situation where it's sort of time is passing in real in real time of some like not real time is in one to one but like it's you, you can't stop time you've got the night and maybe the night is like 4 minutes long right okay. in yep. in actual uh, game time. Uh, it, yeah, like, is there some sort of- uh, Do you have to, like, build up energy or resources or something by scaring them, and then you can spend those in different ways to, like, yeah, rearrange something into a scary shadow or m- make a scary sound or knock something off a shelf? Um, like, I'm just trying to figure out, literally from a moment-to-moment gameplay situation, like, what what mm-hmm. are you doing in the night to, to scare this kid? Um. Do you have to yeah, theme it around things that they've done naughty that day? Yeah, I think I think maybe you get a um you get a a something slipped under the bed when you, um each night from the parents that actually sort of say um like this is what we'd like tonight. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, the kid has been playing up at school throwing sticks and stones, so you really need to show why um throwing six, sticks and stones is is a bad idea and yeah, uh, I can't even think of how I want to even put this. <laughs> um, Look, uh, yeah, because I'm just thinking. Yeah, like I, I'm not sure exactly how you make the kids specifically think of that or, or whatever, or dream about it or something. But it, I guess does it come down to like it's a bit of a stealth thing? Are you literally moving around this room in sort of third person 3D or something with? While the kid occasionally stirs, and you have to be hiding in shadow, um, and and then you're like, yeah, you, and and then you need to be prepared when you set off. You know, maybe you get points like, okay, you make scary noise. He, the kid wakes up, and you get some points. But if you've also already made the, you know, the the horrible shadow creature on the wall and moved the light so it's particularly ominous, then. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you strategically wake the kid up. You get like those bonus, bonus scare points or something. And uh, I, oh yeah, I guess yep. what's your goal? Is your goal just to give the kid horrible nightmares? Is your goal to have them call out for their mummy and daddy? Yeah, um, I, I think uh, you get scored based on how quickly they go to sleep. So if they really go to sleep quickly, then you haven't done your job yeah. right. <laughs> but if they're up all night, then you've done your job too well, and 
parents are not going to be too happy. You know, the whole idea is that <laughs> you force them into into sort of be, being good by um by basically if they've had a good day, then you don't you don't do as much. But if they've had a really bad day, then you can. You want to get their like fear level more intense or something. All right. Yeah. Look, I think you'd have to. I think that's one of those tricky ones that you'd have to prototype and mess around with and and figure out exactly what you're doing. But no, in general, (laughs) in general, that's a cool idea. I I just thought about like um, the kid was really, really bad. So you accidentally killed the kid. It's like, (laughs) oh, it went too far. Ah, shit. I'm going to get a transfer again, aren't I? Seventh one this year. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Three, two, one, click. Oh, marquee. Decoding. And, okay, and combining that with what home means to you, then, to me, this is set in a circus. That's that's, that's your backdrop for whatever the game is. But marquee and home made me think, okay, this is someone who's in a traveling circus. Now, decoding, that may come from, is this uh, like a mystery narrative, like maybe a- Point and click or action so, adventure. Thing. You were there when there was there was a envelope that was sealed and it's been given to <laughs> no, no, that's <laughs> traveling circus is different to medieval minstrel. I'm talking you know, relatively yeah, modern newer. relatively modern day. Hmm? It's newer. <laughs> I mean I guess, but this is this is different. Circuses are different to a caravan full of medieval peasants and fucking yeah, anyway. Okay. So, there's less dysentery. Um, there's less dysentery, more drunkenness between fucking clowns and strong men. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, I think everything's going well until one day there's, like, an encoded message, like, posted up on, on like, a notice board. And it's kind of one of these things that- you, you, your character have to have to try and work out well, what these symbols actually mean. Yeah, I, I think I think we up the stakes immediately, and I think you. I'm kind of picturing this as a as a bit of a point and click or an RPG kind of light mm-hmm. light RPG. I think you kill one of the people, like one of the knights, <laughs> one of the fucking that you know the acrobats or whatever. You as in your character kills? No, 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 or- no, no, no. The story. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm, I'm basically thinking this is characters. a murder. I'm basically thinking this is a murder mystery, right? But set in a cl- yep. set in a, a circus, a la the Zodiac Killer. There's a there's a encoded. Well, exactly. And then once they the- die, you you start these messages start showing up. It's like, oh, this was fucking intentional. Like someone sabotaged the 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 trapeze, or they like start you know fed the fed the lions the wrong food to make them more aggressive or something you know and, and they fucking chomp down on their handler or one of the clowns or i don't know <laughs> there are a lot of ways to die in a circus and then yeah then it's like okay you and your like, ragged troop of circus performers are trying to solve this mystery because the police won't take you seriously and and then you need to use your mix of acrobatic skills and <laughs> Clown skills. And you're only, and- you're only like three or four days away from, from leaving this town on the train. Yeah. Because I'm picturing that, you know, they just sure. load it up onto a train and head off to the yeah, next- Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You, I think it, it's your classic kind of mid-20th century style circus tropes. Mm-hmm. Troopy yep. tr- tropes. Okay. Day one, two, um, not much happens other than the fact that, you know, day one there's a, there's a murder immediately found, but- um, nothing sort of happens. Yeah, and, and I'm picturing uh, this as a bit of a like a third person 3D thing where sort of each day you can you can wander around the grounds of the circus and into the tent and visit the different people in their in their caravans. And, mm-hmm. uh, so is it one of these things where time only moves forward when certain things are certain flags are set, or is time always moving forward? Uh I mean, I was thinking more of. The traditional, basically a point and click, but in 3D. So it's, it's, it's more like just once you solve certain things, it moves the plot forward. Um, moves the plot forward. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Just cause I think the time thing is interesting, but unless you're really, uh, designing the whole gameplay around that, it's really easy to just be, Oh, you missed it. You fucked up. 
and now restart the day. Or you found everything, the next thing doesn't happen for four hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm thinking just let's just stick with the narrative point clicky sort of thing. Um, yep. Okay. So, uh, day three, uh, you're out feeding the lions um, and you get there and the lock is broken mm. and literally the gate is wide open and the lion is licking its lips. <laughs> licking its uh, crack because that's what cats do. Leg up. <laughs> Leg up. <laughs> Looks up and it's just got blood all over its face. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's fr- and Does then this line of hemorrhoids? <laughs> no, you think that and then you look over and you see, you see, and you see, okay. the, um, you see that the line tame is dead okay, as well. So this is another like, dead body. Oh, phew. <laughs> Fuel because oh, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with a lion with hemorrhoids. Like that's just you're not going to be happy. And, but this one's fed. It's fine. Or a lion's time of the month. That's just oh. kind of wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah. Okay. I like this idea that you know, in true kind of serial killer murder mystery style, like people just keep dying around you, and and you're having to to solve this thing. And you've got your plucky bunch of bunch of your plucky crew. So who um let's think about the characters then. Let's go a bit mm-hmm. deeper into that. Who uh, who do you pl- who does the player like play as? Who's the player's character? One of the clowns. A clown. All right, I like that idea. Yep. Yeah. One you of said the acrobatic before and I'm like I like the acrobatic sort of clumsy nature of like the clown. Yeah. But throughout the entire game you don't have your makeup on. Um No, only if you're performing, yeah. And I think and there are some of, moments. Kind of like the idea that the reveal is that you're a clown. Like, oh. you're sort of in suits the whole time and then- <laughs> You're just this really well-dressed, like, well-dressed person outside of being a clown. And then, yeah, you finally get to do, like, do a performance. Well, maybe and this everyone- is leading up to the performance. Maybe you've just, like, you've just landed in this town. You're setting up. There's a performance in five days. And but fucking people are dying. You know, like, oh, my God, like, we're running out of people. You know, we can't- if if. We, if this show doesn't go ahead, we're going to be out of money. The circus is going to shut down. We're all going to be everywhere looking to you, and um, you know. So your character's automatically thinking this guy's the ringmaster, sort of thing. You know, he's dressed like the he's the or most at least like someone person, at least someone, yeah, like someone important, like owns the circus or something. Because I think you'd want the ringmaster in there, but I think the ringmaster's a bit of a doofus, you know. Like oh, he's, 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 he's literally the circus truck. Great showmanship. Like, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think he's, he's the ringmaster because of his showmanship when he's, when he's, you know, out there in the ring, but the rest of the time he's just fucking so called drunk. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they're looking to you. Um, okay. So one of, um, like, I'm going to spoil, go ahead and spoil it now. One of your friends who's been helping you is actually the murderer. I mean, I think that makes the most sense. Yeah. What's their yep. motive? Uh, one of the What's other What's their motive? Do you think uh, they don't like being laughed at? <laughs> You're just like, well, where the when, fuck when did you performing. become a clown? Oh, okay. <laughs> when they're not performing, okay. So they there's like, like an ar- ar- ironic thing of yeah. yeah, okay. And it comes it comes back to it's the shallow re- reason of each one of these characters was laughing at this right. person for for making a pratfall or something like that. Yeah, okay, okay. They just kind of finally snap and yeah, and yeah, okay. Um, you get to the performance, and that's when you sort of realise that you know. That's oh well, I love that during as, the performance, as the clown comes yeah. out wearing the other people's faces. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Nobody notices except you. <laughs> it's a bright red nose of the ring. You're like, oh my god, that's that's Jill, the lion tamer's ponytail. <laughs> He's just clipped it onto the back of his head. Half of her scalp's still attached. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, just, I just reckon that. No, but could, I, I could- do. I do love the idea of the big climax being the performance and and a big reveal right as it starts. That's like, holy shit! Like this this other clown. He's the killer, and he set up like something big to go down during the performance to just like 
Yep. Um, and out. so every everyone in the crowd thinks this is all part of the act. Exactly. And yeah. you're literally fighting for your life. You know, you you're doing um some of the trapeze artist tricks and you're fighting up there and you're doing the tightrope walk yeah. and you you're fighting and the crowd's <laughs> just cheering, they're going nuts. <laughs> Little do they know that all those balloons that rain down at the end of the performance filled with acid. Are filled with nails. <laughs> nails. It's just going to fall. Fingernails. Fingernails. It's not even going to kill us. It's just gross. <laughs> or they're all filled with blood. Carrie style. Yep. All right. I know. I, I kind of like that idea. Yeah, I think I think that's a cool that's a cool story. And I, yeah, I Maybe like- gross you out a little bit. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't. I think I feel like I feel like the at least the people in the fucking front seats would notice if the clown came out in a skin suit. All right, <laughs> three, two, one, click. It's not a full skin suit. It's not a um. Well, it's even it's worse because a- <laughs> it's patchy. It's like, why is this person? Missing, I just said missing the face. a nipple <laughs> and like half a cheek. <laughs> click again, Trevor. Three Gross. to one click. <laughs> Painter. Watching. So it's a game about watching paint dry. <laughs> Uh, yes, it is. But, okay, because we've got home, what home means to you, I think you've played a house painter in this neighbourhood. Yep. And you're basically a bit of a, like, not a, not a peeping Tom. I don't, I'm not going down, you're not watching people in a, in a, like, super creepy way, but you, you, you snoop. I think you Mm -hmm. see things happening in windows when you are, when you're supposed to be there and you're painting and it starts building up these, like, relationships. You start seeing these relationships. Or you may, yeah. You start noticing that the milkman is, you know, getting friendly with some of the some of the yeah, local with, husbands. Exactly. Uh, Jerry, uh, Gary, Jerry, and <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to at least move it away slightly. <laughs> what from Parks and Rec? Uh, oh, <laughs> I thought you were saying. Don't we use Gary a lot? Anyway. No, I. I just said Gary because he said Jerry. Right. So, Terry and- is- uh- <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, yeah. yeah. I like this idea. Yeah. I like the idea that you, you start seeing things because people just don't kind of notice you either outside the window or like up there on top of a ladder. And so, they ha- start having conversations down on the lawn or at the front door. Uh, and you've you've got a contract for whatever reason to like paint every house in this street. And you, and you yep. just like one or two days on each house, and then you move on, and so you start building up all these different relationships. Well, technically, once you get one side of the house done or one coat of the paint done, you're either sitting there watching it dry, or you move on to the next house. Right. So you go across. You go. You do the first coat on like four houses, and then you go back to house one to do your second coat. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe you can. Maybe you can choose. Maybe you can select. Like maybe it literally is just that. It's almost an observational game. And it's what I'm picturing this could be interesting in VR. Um, oh, because yeah. it is very observational and you can just like, you have to be painting the house. <laughs> you have to be painting the house. The gameplay is literally just painting the house, which can be kind of soothing in a game, in a gameplay oh, sense definitely. to like fill in all the gaps and like just cover the whole areas. But as this happens, you can like look around and you hear the things that are going on. You can look through the windows. And, yep. yeah, just this stuff, like, plays out in front of you as you paint all these houses. It's this very- Yeah, I, I like that. I, I, suburban I like the idea that um, as you're walking down the street and going to the next house, you see that Mrs. Fernando is actually watching TV and there's a news report about something going on in this particular neighbourhood. Mm-hmm. Like, they've been nominated for, you know, Garden of the Year or something right. like that. Yeah, I think I or- think it's very just down-to-earth sort of suburban stuff, but, like, all, all oh, yeah. the seedy stuff that happens beneath the surface as well. Not You don't want to yuck Mrs. Fernando and her husband's yums when, when you notice through, you know, their basement window that they've got a sex dungeon down there. Yeah, like- exactly. You just paint around the window and you go along your way. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I feel like an environment artist could have a lot of fun- of just all the 
all like the uh, the internals of these houses that you see through these windows. Um, <laughs> so you, when you said internals, I just thought, oh god, I don't, I don't know, want to know where you're going to go with this one. And then you said, of all the houses, I'm like, oh, yeah, but they're they're our flesh houses. <laughs> <laughs> So it's the organs and the no, no, they're normal houses. Uh, <laughs> We've been down that well one too many times. Um, okay, so what are the, what are the special things that you've got in your painter's kit? You've always got a big roll, roll on sort yeah. of thing. Do you like? Do you have to like tape off the like the window sills and stuff? How far do you go with this? Do you? Do you get scored at the um, end for a good job and, and all the actual story stuff is yeah, relatively I, I think, incidental? I think cutting in is very important. You know, you want to use your, your fine brush. So down it's full the on technique, and- like down to the level of technique stuff. Well, you can go down to that okay. level. Can you- it's sort of like a grading scale. Like your main thing about the game is that you're, you're wanting to learn about these other people's lives and, you know, some are going to be more interesting than, than others. But there's also like a, a house painting grading scale, and in the fact that if you do really, really well, then you get an S you rank, get graded, get an S rank or whatever, or an S plus because you use the right and brushes then, around the. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But hey, if you want to fuck around, then you pull the tennis racket out and you just start whacking paintballs. like paintballs against the wall. <laughs> no, I like that. It's a callback to an old game that we actually did do, where we had a tennis racket oh with. Like paint on a tennis ball, hitting it up against a wall to paint a wall. Uh, you, you and your memory. No, I, I, I do like the idea of callback that you, yeah, you can, you can go as far as you want on the actual like painting finesse. Uh, but I don't mm-hmm. think you go any further than just rolling it on. I think at the, at the very least you have to like roll on the whole house because I feel like, I mean, for one, obviously that's where, you know, you, you need to kind of cover every aspect of the house and, and maybe you sort of choose the different. As you move the ladder across or you go up and down the ladder, you're going to see different things through the windows. And I feel like you you even have some little Easter eggs around uh, the property itself. Do you know what I mean? Like as you, I don't know, go over the the front door, you see like something carved there or whatever. Like you can have some neat little environmental storytelling sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it requires you to be um, up close. If, and, and If the gardener has come by, you know, recently, you can, you can actually see closer, you know, uh, Closer to the to the house uh, than what you could just before, because you know it's it's sort of like a brick house where the top part is is like uh, maybe you, on this house you're just doing like the window frames, so the the garden's sort of overgrown. But once the gardener comes by, then you see the two garden gnomes fucking <laughs> in the garden. <laughs> is that another callback? No, because no. we definitely did a garden gnome game. Oh yeah, they maybe just didn't fuck. They probably should have. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think that's cool. I like that as a VR thing. It's almost game oh, jammable yeah, as well, if you kept the scope of the, uh, the narrative fairly small. Yeah. Yeah. Um, painting mechanics first, basically. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Because that's a playable game. Yeah. And once that's done, then you, so then you can then add, you add, add in the, the actual. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Cool. cool. All right. Three, two, one, three, click. two, one, go. This may be our last one. Mm. Vermin. Presentation. You're going to say president. It's like, yep. No. Uh, <laughs> okay. Is this the plague again? <laughs> no. Presentation <laughs> and vermin and and what home means to you. Uh, are you playing as like a rodent of some kind? Are you playing as what? A home? <laughs> a flesh home. playing as a flesh home and you have to like flush out all the no. vermin. Uh, which is, you know, just like someone getting sick. Are you a real estate agent? Are you trying to set up an open house in a place okay. that's full of fucking pests and vermin? Yeah. Uh, whether whether it's a a real estate agent actually does quite quite work well. I was actually going down more the more the route of You've created a new, like, a new bit of technology that um, gets rid of vermin, oh. and you're preparing like a presentation sort of thing. But no, I like the idea of having to um, having to clean up this crack house that's full of vermin and and like um, and that sort of stuff, and you got to clean it up for presentation. Oh, so, so it's like a bit a, like this yeah, that's detail, exactly where but- I was going. <laughs> Is this another like soothing VR game where you're bringing things back to? Yeah, the, you know, you can, regular. you can. Oh, okay. Um, you know what? Paint you know the inside. What? All right. <laughs> this is something I've been meaning to bring up. 
because yeah. I got into uh, I got into a phase where I was playing all of those match three games. Have you seen these games? These match three games where um, you do a level and you like get a star, and the star lets you like clean up one aspect of the house and like choose a new carpet. Then and there's also like story stuff going on, and literally there's like tens, if not hundreds, of these games. Never seen. Never seen them. Okay, so that's the basic loop. It's a match three game. It's usually it's either the sort of switch two things to match them, or just like touch a match of three or more that are matching in a color. Yep. You know, you've got a certain amount of turns. You've got certain objectives. Different. It starts bringing in different squares and whatever that have different uh, different attributes and that sort of thing. You know. But I get why they're so popular because it's a really nice feeling. The game usually starts. And it's this derelict house and you're restoring it. And you yep. get these stars to say like, or, and it's, it's all linear. It's, it's very linear. You've got maybe two or three different options. You can like choices you can make of what to restore at any one time in like the one room you're doing, but it's, it's okay, narrative. So is this a derelict house as in, you know, it's, uh, was a cracked in sort of well, thing or is this like, a hoarder's house. Well, so he, yeah, that could be. Well, he, here's the thing that I wanted to bring up, and I've been meaning to bring this up on a bitstorm. They're all just very like the stories are like, oh, my uncle left me this old house, and I got to put it back, or like, oh, I'm the butler, and my parents want to sell the house, but I want to convince them otherwise, or my my husband. Hey, I'm a recovering crackhead. Well, but I wanted to bring in some more. I wanted to see what <laughs> other sort of stories you could do there. So, mate, I'm not thinking recovering crackhead, but like. <laughs> I want some fucking mystery and shit. I want some like sci-fi or something. I don't know. I wanted to bring this genre into this this game genre into different narrative genres. Um, okay. So yeah, I, I kind of like the idea of you play this real estate agent and you could you could start it in the same way. Or yeah, I think. Well, look, you play a real estate agent, but you've bought this house to flip it, and it's this like rundown piece of shit. But I think after mm-hmm. you've solved like forty-five levels and you've done the stars and you've renovated a couple of rooms, it's like, all right, like time to pull up these floorboards and there's a fucking pile of bodies under there. <laughs> Either f- pile of bodies or there's a pentagram on the ground, etch into the wood. There's candle wax in each of the five corners of the of the um yeah of the exactly. pentagram, and-, and there's like scorched. Scorch stains, uh, um, scorch marks all the way around. It's like, holy shit, what the fuck went down here? Yeah. And I think, <laughs> and, and then, uh, well, yeah, and I like that idea of bringing in the like sort of, you know, Satanistic demon worship sort of stuff. Maybe your character gets like wrapped up in it. And then this can start affecting the gameplay of the match three. Like you start getting these like demon squares and stuff. Like you start, you can bring in, Different things where, you know, okay, if you match five in a row, you get like one corner of the pentagram. If you get five of them in one level, you can summon <laughs> fucking Beelzebub and it'll clear all your squares. <laughs> <laughs> and then the narrative of it is like people coming to visit you and you killing them, sacrificing them. Uh, <laughs> You've been possessed and your eyes glowing red. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it's basically it's the downfall. Your head spinning around. Yeah, it's the downfall of this person as they're, like, possessed by fucking demonic forces. All told as the narrative but, background of a match three mobile game. But what 100%, like, the, the announcer, like, I'm picturing an announcer of, go! You know, yeah. kind of like the, the old- Yeah, you keep um, all that stuff in there. <laughs> It's like he stays exactly the same yeah. way until like um, great I'm, match I'm the- as you like match the five <laughs> dripping blood tiles to <laughs> to like power up your sacrificial dagger. Yeah, and I'm now picturing that you know when, when they're doing the exorcism, it's like and their head spinning around, and the, the announcer just sort of goes, "Guys, you really want me to keep up? Oh yeah, he starts the fourth wall stuff." <laughs> <laughs> it's like excellent match. Oh, oh, is she vomiting pea soup? Oh, what's going on? Oh, I can't do this anymore. I quit. But <laughs> there's no more announcer for the rest of the game. Or now it switches to the- now it switches to like the demonic voice. Great match. <laughs> match five squares to get a bomb. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> 
Match 13 squares to meet her. <laughs> For a good time, call. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. I uh, I actually love the potential of that match three narrative genre. Uh, oh, I so I so want to actually like have a studio that just does those match three games, except it just takes it in some weird and wonderful ways. You and me, baby. Like, Let's do it. <laughs> sorry to everyone out there if our our next few episodes of Bitstorm become all match three narrative Definitely. games. Definitely. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, go Although- check out. Um, Matchington Mansion, I think was one of them. Lily's Garden, Lost Island. Like I've gone, I've gone off them. I've dropped them, but for a while there, I, I played about I don't know three hundred levels of each. Jesus, just, like unlocking stuff. It was a good toilet game. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I was starting to really get into Lily's relationship with her neighbour. There's some heat there. Mm. Uh, yeah. No, I, I actually do think it's a it's a it's As a, in deep heat. I actually do think it's a prime <laughs> opportunity for some more interesting narratives because they're really popular and and there's not really any restrictions around. Like it's it's literally just sort of a storybook where to progress the story you have to play the game. So yeah, yeah. Do they actually have an end or do they? They just. I'm pretty sure they just keep releasing content. There are definitely thousands of levels for most of these ga- most of these games. I've Jesus seen people there like Christ. up to level twenty three fifty seven or whatever, and they do all these like they'll do events at Christmas time where you get a whole little story arc and stuff. Like it's it's actually pretty impressive the way they pump out the content. And like I said, a lot of potential for because I've I've only ever seen pretty like fluff mundane. Yeah. Yep. There is there is the Lost Island or something which has got some supernatural kind of uncovering. You know. The, the secrets of this island sort of thing. But other than that, I don't know. I want to see one where you're fucking, like, doing up a spaceship or it's, like, set in the Wild West or you're a fucking caveman, like, doing your cave. I don't know. Like, so many different, different options. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to suggest that for this last one, because I want to do one okay. more, it's going to be a match three game and we're going to come up with a story doesn't have to be with the with the home thing. Yeah. It's just with the words that we get. Sure. It may look it but. does actually make sense with the what home means to you because most of them are about renovating or fixing up an area. And that's where a lot of the pleasure comes from is seeing yep. this overgrown, gross, rec- ramshackle kind of area just slowly come back to life. And they have these nice little animations as like the floorboards coming in and different things. So Mm-hmm. Right, three, two, okay. one, click. Let's do it. And we're three, taking two, our click. first word. Taking our first word. Blindness. Bastard. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be fun. <laughs> it's one of these match three games, but you play someone who's blind, and so no matter what choice you make, it ends up all clashing and looking horrible. <laughs> no, what it is. It's okay. You're you're a guy who's helping a blind man clean up his house. Okay, but you're a bastard. You're a prick. You have to. You've, <laughs> uh, the only choices the game gives you is just like all these horrible. Is that a fuck with the blind guy? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Move the coffee table 13, 13 centimeters <laughs> to the left. Little, you get a little cutscene when you're just <laughs> fucking stubbing his toe over and over again. <laughs> okay so it starts off like the first couple of levels are you being a bastard but like the endearing thing about it is the the fact that you you become real good friends with this guy um well okay um this is this is not directly on the topic because actually those ones are quite difficult but i do kind of like the idea of a reverse one of these as well where you start with this pristine house and you have to for some reason tear it to shit and so <laughs> all of your different all all of your different options are like am i going to take this wall out with a sledgehammer or with dynamite <laughs> <laughs> now i'm just picturing that um this bastard is who's helping this blind man clean up his house is actually just looting just destroying the, the whole house <laughs> yeah that could work you're just emptying out each room until it's just completely <laughs> stripped bare. 
And the, bl- and the blind guy's like, know. oh, this is great. I don't run into anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, that, I'm sorry. That's probably offensive to people who <laughs> are actually blind. You would, I'm sure you'd notice if all your furniture was gone. Uh, yeah. So, the the redemptive arc comes, comes from the fact that the blind guy actually- um, you know, knows that this guy is he, totally- He knows it the whole time. He's teaching him a lesson somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And then they become- And they good become friends. good friends. And then the second half of the game is you filling all the stuff back in. So, you actually get two for the price of one because you get that lovely sense of emptying it out and then that lovely sense of filling it back in. Yeah. But the, the crazy thing is, is in the third act, when all the lights get turned off and the blind guy's now hunting the other guy- <laughs> And the match three turns into, like, you, you, all the colours are the same. <laughs> you just have to guess at it and, yeah. All the colours and shapes are just different shades of grey. Yeah. No, you, you can't tell the difference. You just have to stab around the dark. Because you, as the- you playing as the other guy, you've got no fucking good blind sense. Like, you don't know what's going on. You really shouldn't have fucked with this guy. No, he's out to get you. I, I like the idea that you've you've got choices throughout the game and you only see this if you were a real bastard to this guy <laughs> well although that's another genre that uh, that the match three stuff could go like i'd love to see a fucking horror i mean i guess we you know i mean we did the the whole um the supernatural horror exorcism demon stuff but like a slasher oh yeah and and it's all about you know you better get some more of those fucking star points to keep going so you can board up the door to the bathroom because in a second <laughs> The guy in the- Zombie dude is- Yeah, well, the guy in the fucking hooded Ku Klux Klan mask. I don't know. Whatever. I was just trying to think of something that hadn't been done. Um, you know, chainsaws through the door. And you have to jump out the window as long as you keep playing or pay us five ninety nine and you can get 20 stars. Or pay us six ninety nine and you get- 21 19 stars. stars. <laughs> Best value. <laughs> 19 stars and 13 minutes without ads. <laughs> well, they do that. They do that because you've got lives generally, right, in these, in all these games. The general thing is you've got a certain amount of lives. Um, although, to their benefit, you only lose a life if you fail a level. So, if you're doing well, you can play as many levels as you like. But Yeah, which is- this, that, that's the old can- Candy Crush way of doing it. Yeah, well, things. that's good. Well, because some of them you'll, like, use up an energy to even play a level and it's like, fuck off. Like, if I'm doing well- just let me keep playing. Uh, yeah. But anyway, they'll, um, they'll do things where it's like, okay, you got you got through enough levels to get a little gift, and then the gift might come with like two hours of unlimited lives, uh, or you can yeah, you can like pay real money and get unlimited lives for an hour. Or you can do the the old trick that I used to always do with um with Candy Crush. Mm-hmm. Go to your phone settings, turn off automatically set the time, set it to a day later, open the app. <laughs> Get all your get lives, all your back, lives back. Set it back. Set it back to automatic. You still got all your lives back. <laughs> well, this is actually this is the benefit. This is why I had like four of them on my phone at once because I'd run out of lives on one. It's like, all right, switch to the next one. By the time I go through them all, if not that I was playing that often, but like if you were, by the time you go through them all, you go back to the first one, all your lives are regenerated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, with with Candy Crush and all that sort of stuff, I'd be like, well, this this level had twenty moves and it's all over like that. You know, yeah. it's- and I've lost it because it's, like, level 389 and, like, it's starting to get hard. <laughs> so, anyway, this was our Match 3 fan cast, Bitstorm. I uh, hope you enjoyed yep. our, our thorough, you know- Bit match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, no, we- I think that's cool. I I'd really actually do think there's a lot of a lot of potential there. And, look, I haven't looked through them all. Maybe there are some other genres that I just haven't come across. Uh, but- uh, it's it seems ripe ripe for it. It may be something that we bring back every now and again because it allows for a lot of comedy. Also, I've never made a match three game, so from that point of view, it could be a fun little experiment. All right, I think we shall finish up there. Yes, we shall. So, if you would like to find us online, check out our other episodes, leave us a rating or a review. We'd really love to hear from you. Go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm, all on word, and you can do all of those things right there. We are also part of the 8-Bit Collective, a group of podcasts around pop culture and video games. Go to 8bit.net, check out some of the other great podcasts there, 
Uh, there's some new ones joining very soon. Uh, I think February, February 8th or early February, there's, we're having 8-bit 3.0 and, uh, there are some announcements coming. So make sure to yes. follow on all the socials and, uh, wait for that. Yep. We'd also like you to check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network for all your Australasian gaming podcast <laughs> needs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook or at AGP Network on Twitter. Finally, we'd like to thank us from Kuradust for the use of the song Mount Defiance from the album Containment Failure. Yes, indeed. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. Oh, my God. Why is that clown wearing that guy's face? <laughs> I am a clown in the skin suit. <laughs> In a skin suit, in a skin suit. (laughs)